You are listening to the sermons of Mission Hills United Methodist Church. We are a reconciling congregation in San Diego, California, who believes in loving God by loving all, connecting faith and community through worship and serving others. To find out more about our worship community, visit us at our website at missionhillsumc.org. Thanks for listening. Today's scripture comes from the gospel according to Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan while traveling came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The word of God for God's people. Thanks be to God. A pastor friend of mine in Alaska posted this question on Facebook this week. Describe a story in the Bible as boring or as ordinary as possible. So for instance, we might describe the story of Jesus being baptized as guy is dunked in water and comes out clean. I want you to to take a minute, maybe pause the podcast if you're listening to it, and take a minute to think about your favorite story and how do you retell that in a boring way. The responses that he got were really great. I want to read you some of them. Guy plays harp to put people to sleep. Something happened to a bunch of pigs. Little guy threw a rock at a big guy. Some older brothers thought their little brother was a pain and were mean to him. A short guy climbed a tree. My favorite one, some friends had dinner. There's a reason that this isn't the language being translated and read over and over again over centuries and centuries. It's not that exciting, honestly. And even though it's on purpose in this case, that doesn't draw us in to the story, to be inspired, to be motivated, or to be convicted. 
Sometimes when Jesus tells stories, he can be a little bit cryptic. He has a tendency to use metaphor in ways that sometimes aren't the most obvious. But rarely, I would argue, is Jesus boring. Today, though, Jesus definitely isn't boring, and he's also very clear. He's not cryptic at all. The story of the Good Samaritan is a classic story found in nearly every illustrated Bible on the shelves of a Christian bookstore, part of every Sunday school kid's repertoire. And it's a very, very clear story. The message is clear. We know what Jesus is getting at, even when we don't understand we, when we don't want to understand even his message as clearly, like the religion scholar who he was talking to. The message, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. But even so, even a clear message like that, it can still be hard to do the right thing, right? It can be hard to look at an answer, even the right answer, and actually follow through on making it happen when it requires us to shift our schedule around, to give up a luxury that we were never entitled to to begin with, when it requires us to change. Here's how our passage starts out before the obvious moral of the story that comes later. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, what is written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said that you love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and muscle and intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you love yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you'll live. Looking for a loophole, he asked, and just how would you define neighbor? The religion scholar represents us at some points in our lives. And I would argue the religion scholar represents us in current life cycles as a church too. We know what is right. We know what Jesus calls us to do, whether or not we have the details for what that looks like. Love God, love neighbor. This message has not changed. But like the passage says, the scholar looked for a loophole because, well, change is uncomfortable. If you've ever witnessed a kid going through growth spurts, or even you yourself growing older, you know that this is true on a physiological level. Change hurts. It takes us away from what is normal, what we know, what is comfortable. And so the religion scholar says, well, maybe I can avoid change on a technicality. Maybe I can catch Jesus in his tracks or argue that now is not the right time or that it's too hard or that we're in the middle of a pandemic or insert any other justification we might feel will dismiss the reality at hand. So the scholar tried this with Jesus and Jesus wasn't going to let him get away with it. So he tells the story we know, the story of the Good Samaritan. Let me tell you something about this Samaritan, and this might be controversial, but I believe that we need to rename this story. I don't believe the Samaritan was really that good, honestly. I believe it was good, but I think we put him on too high a pedestal. 
Let me explain. Here's how the rest of the story goes. There's this one person who was robbed, beaten, and left to die on the side of an abandoned road. And he survived it. He's not a victim here. He's a survivor. I want to point that out. And then the survivor waited for someone to come by because he knew that he was in need of help. The first person comes by, the priest, and the priest looks at his ancient watch, remembers he has a sermon he still has to write, and so he crosses the street to avoid the real thing he's called to do, to love neighbor. He makes an excuse. And then the second person comes by, the religious person, and the religious person looks like looks at his watch just like the priest, and he thinks to himself, wow, I cannot be late for our service today. I better keep going so that I don't miss it. And so he does. So he keeps going. And then the third person walks by, a guy from Samaria. And he sees the guy on the side of the road and he decides to stop to help him out because love neighbor, right? Now, getting back to my earlier point, the Samaritan was good, but was he that good? The Samaritan did the bare minimum, in my opinion, that you should do if someone is dying by the side of the road. And yet we celebrate him as if he accomplished this huge feat. It's like he cleared a pretty low bar and we decide to give him a giant trophy for it. And we just dismiss the other two who completely avoided this minimum altogether, which I feel is almost giving them a pass. Perhaps in this era of call-out culture, we'd rename the story. Instead of the Good Samaritan, maybe we could call it the story of the priest with bad priorities or the story of the complacent religion person. If we're honest with ourselves, we all have moments where we can do more and we don't. And this isn't a time to try and say that we have to do everything. Because let's face it, grace is here because we won't ever do it perfectly all the time, even if instructions seem really simple. Love neighbor. But Jesus is sharing this story very intentionally, I believe. And so these two men, the religious people, I might add, they're not avoiding the survivor just that one time. They're almost a metaphor for this pattern. It's a pattern for them, like the religious scholar, to take the comfortable way out, to avoid the work that changing brings. Jesus asked the religious scholar, what do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religion scholar responded. And Jesus said, Go and do the same. If we were to play the game we played earlier, the ordinary retelling of this story might be a guy sat on the side of the road until someone found him. Go and do the same, Jesus says. It's a simple message and it's far from boring. In fact, we know this story to be radical. Go and do the same, Jesus says. Go and do the bare minimum that it takes to love our neighbor. Treat others the way you want to be treated. You don't want your children in cages? 
help other people's kids get out of them. You want to be able to have a job. Make sure discrimination in the workplace based on gender identity and sexuality is illegal. You want to feel safe to worship? Let other people worship how they want. You want to go back to a physical building one day. Wear a mask until it's safe to do that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. It's not a sacrifice if you're prepared for it. It's not a burden when we operate with the understanding that change is inevitable, that being a neighbor is Jesus's clearest message. And yes, just like growing pains, change stretches us. It grows us. It might hurt a little bit. And it's the only way to live, Jesus says. Jesus asked the religious scholar, what do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The religion scholar responded, the one who treated him kindly. So like Jesus fr says, friends, go and do the same. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Be sure to follow us on our social medias and check out our website for more information on what goes on in this faith community. Have a wonderful day and know that you are loved.